just wonder upstairs what I'm going to do. So yesterday, we finished in middle of the of the answer, the Hatshuva, the answer to the Benachacham. But in the answer to the Benachacham, we had three questions that we asked in class. We wanted to know what are the three stages in the answer to the Benachacham. The Benachacham wants to know how is it that a mitzvah draws down the essence of Hashem? How does pressing the button become important itself? Seemingly, the button is only a way to turn on the light. How does pressing the button become its own thing? In order to answer this question, we tell the Ben Achacham, we were slaves, we were avadim to Pare in Mitzrayim. That's step number one. The Gullus itself is a step, a part of the process that allows us to receive the Torah. Why Gullus? So before I answer this question, I want to first tell you a quick analogy. One of the Gary Rebbe's one time came out of his holy office and he told a story, an analogy to the Siddim who were gathered in the Beis HaMedrash. He said there was one time a innkeeper, he lived on the roads. The objective of an inn was that if there are travelers, they can't make the entire trip on one day. So there were different inns along the way where they can stay. But that means that the innkeeper is living in the middle of nowhere. But when it came Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, he would pack his bags and he would go to the city. Over there in the city, he would be able to daven with a minion. He would be able to be in shul. He would be able to be around other yidin for the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah came. And he's standing in the shul. He's unfamiliar with the ways of the shul. He's unfamiliar with what goes on over there. And he sees that it's Rosh Hashanah morning and people are getting ready for davening and starting to daven. And as he looks around, he sees people crying. Now for him, this was something very uncomfortable, very unusual. A grown man crying. He never saw something like that before. He's trying to figure out why are they crying? And he's thinking and he figures to himself, he says, nobody ate this morning who eats Rosh Hashanah morning before Shafer. They're hungry. They're hungry, so they're crying. As the davening goes on, the crying intensifies. And he says, they're hungry, they're getting hungrier. They're crying. Okay. Then they get to Kriya Satera. Kriya Satera, people take their talesim off their head. And uh, they're not crying anymore. They're listening to Kriya Satera. This 
villager, this innkeeper, is looking around. And he's trying to figure out what happened. There was no kiddish. There's no secret stash of food over here. How come everybody suddenly stopped crying? And he's thinking to himself, trying to figure out why would they stop crying if they're hungry? And he says, probably what happened is that they made a simple calculation to themselves. They figured that, yes, it's true that we're hungry, but everyone knows that the longer the cholent sits on the fire, the better it gets. So it's okay to wait a little bit to have gishmaka cholent. Cholent that really soaked in the, the marrow of the bones. Okay, so that's why they stopped crying. Then, shortly after, shortly after Kriya Satira comes Tkiya Shafer. What happens by Tkiya Shafer? Then they really start crying. The tears start falling and everyone is emotional and moved much more than before even. He says, I don't understand. Before they were crying because they were hungry. Then they stopped crying because they realized that it's better to wait a little bit. Now, why are they crying so hard? So he says, it's very simple. It's true that the longer the child sits on the fire, the better it gets. But they're crying because we're hungry now. It doesn't matter how good the child is going to be. We're hungry. That's the calculation of the innkeeper. That's the end of the analogy. The Gary Rebbe goes back into his office and the Chassidim are sitting over there. They're thinking to themselves, what was this? What was the story about? One of the Chassidim says, he says, you know, that was a muscle for Gullus. That was an analogy for exile. When we're sitting over here in Galus. So obviously the longer we sit in Galus, the longer we're stewing in Galus, the more nachas ruach we're giving Hashem. There's certainly something that's accomplished in Galus. But the bottom line is that it doesn't matter how much nachas the Ibishter is getting from us being in Galus. We're hungry now. We need Mashiach now. It's enough already. We're ready to get out. So I'm going to attempt to explain something which I don't understand. What's the point of Gullus? How is Gullus a preface for the Gula? Now obviously, whatever that explanation is, it's a central part to Sipor Yetzias Mitzrayim to the story of the Seder night. How can you approach the Seder night without discussing what was the point of Galus Mitzrayim in the first place? Or to put it in other words, as the question is asked over and again throughout different angles in the Seder, 
that here we are thanking Hashem for taking us out of Mitzrayim, but He's the one that put us there in the first place. And the answer must be on some level that Golus Mitzrayim has its objective and Geulas Mitzrayim has its objective. Each one has a purpose, an accomplishment. But whatever we say about it doesn't justify the Gullus, at least not in our minds, in our heads, in our appreciation, in our ability to be able to withstand it. We need Mashiach already. Let's use a simple analogy, at least for starters. Rahmanu Litzlan, Layalainu. A person is battling Yanamachla. There's a growth inside of him which doesn't belong. What does he need to do? He needs to introduce to his body elements that are poisonous, that are destructive. And the objective of those elements is in order to get rid of the machla. Certainly, in the course of getting rid of the machla, it causes more destruction on the way. But the objective is, as Hashem says, in the Torah, when the Ebishter is describing the process of Galus in the Teichicha, Hashem says, My arrows, I will consume in them. And Chazal see in these words a hidden blessing. That chitzai kalu vehin einam kalim. My arrows will be finished, but the yidden, they will not be finished. In other words, Hashem says, so to speak, I'll throw at them everything I've got. But after he throws at us everything he's got, despite the fact that certainly that wreaks terrible destruction, but at the end of the day, the Yidin are still here. The truth is that in most cures, in most medicines, there's an element of that, certainly in modern medicine, where you're introducing something into the body which is in itself negative. And the objective is that the body should fight it to the point that whatever negative is going on inside of the body should become consumed, but that heim enam kalim, the body should be only stronger as a result. This general concept you can play around with a little bit. At the end of the day, this is the idea of what Galus is all about. Galus is a time in the Torah 
in Parshas Veschanon a little bit earlier in the Parsha, Perik Dalid, Pasuk Chaf, it calls Mitzrayim a Kor Habarzel, an iron smelting pot. What's an iron smelting pot? When you're working with metals, you want the metals to be pure. There are impurities which are naturally inside of the metals. So therefore you need to heat them up to a very high temperature, boil them, in order that the impurity should be removed. This is what the gallus is all about. The gallus is a double refinement. It's a refinement of us in order that we should be vessels, that we should be able to stand by Harsinai and charged with this energy, with this mission, Shalom Ber, that the button that we press is something in and of itself because the button is only for us. Chananya, if someone else puts on tefillin, someone who's not Jewish, does it accomplish anything? It doesn't. Why not? Because the tefillin, the button, this, that, putting on tefillin, is now a mitzvah, which is mam sheikh atzmus, which draws down the essence of Hashem into the world. That's only us. It's not in and of itself an accomplishment. It's only an accomplishment because of us. And if we want to be part of that process, we need to be refined. And that was the 210 years of the most difficult gallus, the most difficult exile in Mitzrayim, being avadim to pare, and the difficult work which we had to undergo over there, that's what it was all about. It was all about becoming refined in and of ourselves. And the world also needs to be refined. The gam erev rav Allah imahem we know that Alpi Pnimius, Alpi Said, the Erev Rav is a hint to this huge amount of Nitzaitis, of sparks that were inside of Mitzrayim that the Yidin brought up, lifted up together with them. In other words, there was the Chitzai Kabul. The negative energies which were thrown at us inside of Mitzrayim, they came, they tried, they failed. And then we ended up stronger at the end of the day, and the world ended up better at the end of the day. And that's how we were able to lift up all of these sparks, to bring up all of these sparks together with us. And there never will be another Mitzrayim. The Gullises that followed are achieving a different purpose. Now it's true. The Gullis we're in now is also there to accomplish a similar thing, but in a different angle, from a different perspective, on an entirely different level. Because we're preparing not for Maimed Harsinai, for being able to stand by Harsinai, which is what the Jews were preparing for in Mitzrayim, we're preparing after we already stood by Harsina and we already received the Torah and we already got, we were empowered with that energy to be able to perform a mitzvah and draw down Hashem's essence. Now we are preparing 
for the Geula, for the final Geula, when when all evil will be completely consumed, completely gone. And whatever silver linings we're able to see in current events. We're able to see how there's a person who has intentions which are negative, which are evil, which the world has tried to move forward from. And the world is rising up against him. The world is rejecting his evil. That there should should be such a consuming of evil, a refinement of evil that's reversing the original sin. The original sin was where evil and good become so confused together that you could hardly tell the difference between them. The reversal of that is where evil becomes stark and good becomes stark. Where there's clarity, there's the smelting pot there's the refinement that's clearly differentiating good and evil so that's the first step the step of galus but the step of galus is only introducing this general refinement in other words you're taking us which becomes the vessel and the world which becomes the tool that we work with in order to perform a mitzvah. So we are the ones who perform the mitzvah. The world is what we're using in order to perform the mitzvah. You're taking both of these elements and you're refining them in order that they should be able to draw down Hashem's essence. But now you need the energy which you're going to fill that with. You need the focus, the direction, the life which is going to fill this refined <clears throat> tool, vessel. And that's Gulas Mitzrayim. Vayetzienu Hashem in Mitzrayim, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Loyal Yede Malach, Veloyal Yede Saraf, Veloyal Yede Shaliach. He did not send an angel or a messenger or Saraf to take us out of Mitzrayim. Elohu Ba'atzma Yetzi Sanu Misham. Hashem Himself took us out of there. That means that in the Geula of Mitzrayim, the Yidin were Zeicha, they merited to have a Giloy, a revelation of Hashem Himself. This was part of the process of the Galus. Part of the process of the Galus is the Geula that comes as a result of it. And the Geula was only able to come from Hashem Himself. And this was the Gili, the revelation which the Yidin saw. In other words, within the Yidin themselves, when they were under this 
constant barrage of the Egyptians' tyranny. What happened? They turned to Hashem and they cried out. What does that mean? They reached a point where they recognized that we have nothing to rely on except for Hashem Himself. The only thing we have is Hashem. Within the Yidden themselves, they reached a point that nothing existed but Abishter. There's nothing that they can say. Not their bank accounts, not their cars, not their homes, not their political connections, and so on and so forth. None of these things were able to save them. The only thing that was able to save them was Vayitzakul al Hashem. They cried out to Hashem. They reached a point within themselves where they were connecting to Hashem Himself and nothing else. And by Hashem too, when the Yidin reached this point inside of themselves, by Hashem too, this caused that. When Hashem responded, He responded Him Himself. He didn't send a messenger to save us. He didn't send one of His myriad angels to help us. He didn't send any troops, any... He said, I'm going to save you. You're my child. You're connected to me. And I'm going to save you myself. This is the focus. This is the energy. This is the light. This is step number two, the Geulah. And then finally, there's step number three. Step number three is Matan Now that we have that refinement of ourselves and the world, and that focus of we want to connect only to Hashem, now Hashem is able to Hashem is descending into the mountain, meaning Hashem is melding together, the spiritual and the physical, bringing together the higher worlds and the lower worlds to the point that Hashem is giving us here in this world the Holy Torah, which we're able to study and we're able to keep, we're able to perform, we're able to live with. And in this way, the Torah itself becomes the objective. Eating matzah itself suddenly becomes holy. It's not a way to reach holiness. Because whatever holiness we reach inside of Seder Shtalchus, whatever lights we're turning on, can't compare to the light of Atzmus, which is way greater than that. So it's not that I'm turning, pressing this button so that in Atzilus there should be a great light, Munachas Pekupsa, sitting in a box, waiting for us, sitting in our, what's it called in the bank? You got the, no, no, the, the box, the well, safety deposit box. It's, sit, it's sitting in our safety deposit box under lock and key, waiting for us in Atzilus. That's not what it's about because... Whatever is there in Atzilus is still a Yerida Me'arpan of Yismarch. It still doesn't compare to the Atzmus, to the essence of Hashem Himself. So what's the point of it all? What's the point of it all? The 
point of it all is it itself. When we eat matzah, we're connecting to the essence of Hashem. Hashem took all of this power, all of this energy of the Galus Mitzrayim and the Geulas Mitzrayim, and He put it into Achilas Matzah and Anachas Tfilin and wearing tzitzis and giving tzedakah and all the 613 mitzvahs that we do and don't do. And He made that now we're able to have a world which through Galus Mitzrayim and Geulas Mitzrayim is now a vessel that through us using it, we're able to draw down Atzmus. This is the answer to the Ben Achacham. And this is why from then on, forever after, performing mitzvahs is something which connects us to the essence of Hashem. And the button itself is the point. They were at such a level by Gulas <clears throat> Mitzrayim. They've been through Gauss and they came out and they were at the level of having Hashem lead them himself and not having a Malach and Why didn't Mashiach um, come for them? Why does it have to be through so many generations? That's a good question. I'm not going to try to answer it. But there was a possibility, certainly, of such a thing happened, happening. And he didn't merit it. In some type of ideal plan, not the real plan, like we discussed when we spoke about Bechira and Yediyah, the real plan is exactly the way things happen. But in some type of ideal plan, there was a possibility in the works where Gaulus Mitzrayim and Gaulus Mitzrayim could have been the end, the final Gaula, and that would have led us from there forever. discussing before about how Hashem put us in, in Mitzrayim. So, was it us bringing ourselves out through our shuvah, or was it Hashem wanting to bring out the dead? It says, Vayetzieinu Hashem Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. So, how, if that's Hashem, then how are we connecting to Hashem through Mitzrayim? Because Hashem didn't take us out until on some level we were ready to be taken out. Now, it's true that we were super vulnerable at the time. If you go back to my difficult muscle about a person who's undergoing treatment, at the end of the treatment is the time when he's at his most vulnerable state. But then he's ready to get better. We were super vulnerable at that time. And the danger of that time, at the end of the 210 years of Galus, which equaled to 400 years of Galus in Mitzrayim, we were susceptible, Rahman al-Islam, to be schlepped down and never be able to get up again. And that's when Hashem swooped us in, at the precise, perfect moment, and took us out himself. But it was, the, it was a readiness from ourselves and a projection, a giloy, a revelation from above. Good? Yeah. Okay, let's read inside. Vahatshuva, and the answer. We're before Ace Bays, in the middle of the paragraph that starts with Vinakuda Sabir, towards the end of that paragraph. 
and um, five lines from the bottom of the paragraph, the second word on the line. Vatshuva and the answer. Vamartalubincha, you should say to your son. Avadim hayinu lepari we were slaves to pari in Egypt. Vayetzieinu avayim b'mitzrayim goymar, and Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. That's step number one and step number two. And then step number three, Hashem commanded us by Harsinai to do all of these mitzvahs. This, these are the three steps hinted in the Psukim. And now the Mime is going to explain. He, the answer is, the Golus Mitzrayim, the exile inside of Mitzrayim, Vietzias Mitzrayim, going out of Mitzrayim. Hayu Hachana, they were a preparation. for Matan so these first two stages, the first two steps, were preparation for the third step, the step of Matan Torah. By this third step by Matan Torah, then as a result of everything that had been achieved beforehand, Galus and Geula, there was the power which was given, that through practical mitzvahs, not through kavana. Not through connecting to some spiritual levels, not through reaching the world of Atsilus and igniting lights over there, but through mitzvahs meisies, through the button itself, lasses is kolachukim to do all of these chukim, lasses taiko to do specifically yamshichu hamshachis. We should be able to draw down hamshachis lemaila yeser even higher mehamshachis hamshichu. Obviously, they have the ruchnes through the, the then the that which was achieved by the Aves through their spiritual Aveda, because whatever was achieved by the Aves through their spiritual Aveda, the R in safe that they were able to connect to was all R in safe inside of a structure. It was all R, it was all light, but we are connecting to the Ma'ar itself. We are connecting we're drawing down the essence of Hashem Himself as we've discussed. That's the end of the first chapter, the first ois of this mimer. And it went through a sugyo shlema, a complete idea. It asked the question that seemingly this question of the Benachachim does not connote wisdom. And it gave an explanation that the question of the Benachachim is how are we through our Aveda, connecting to Atzmos, through Mitzvah Smaisius, how is the button itself important when seemingly the point of the button is only that it's connected to wires that are able to turn on the light? And the answer, on the contrary, the light which is turned on doesn't compare to the accomplishment of the button the mitzvahs that we do connect to the essence of Hashem, and the light is only our ein seif inside of hishtalshlos, even if it's higher than hishtalshlos, but it's still an ur, and it's not the mer, it's not Hashem himself. That's Perik Aleph. Now we continue to base <coughs> to the second chapter of this Maimer. And of course, in the second chapter, we ask more questions. We're never satisfied. We're going to ask four more questions in this ice. Okay? Ready? We're talking about revealing his essence. 
in, in ourselves, not in the world? Both. Oh, okay. When Mashiach comes, through all of the mitzvahs which we have done over the course of the last 2,000 years of Galas, there's going to be Hashem's essence revealed in the world as well. Even though the words revealed in essence are self-contradictory. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, that's what's going to happen. Okay, we have to understand. Question number one, the Lakhira Bir Hanal, the above mentioned explanation, that the question of the Benachacham is about the mitzvahs that are after Matan specifically, who beer, this is an explanation, Rak Al only for this, that's an explanation why after he says Hashem Elikeinu, he doesn't just stop over there. He could have just said, Right? What are these mitzvahs which Hashem has commanded? Why does he say Eschem? Why does he say you? In order to contrast you to? To? No, you to? Before you. Who's before you? What's the answer to you? We're trying to contrast no, you it's, to... It's before Matan Before Matan to the Avis. Before Matan what was the mitzvah? The mitzvah was the light in Atzilus. After Matan what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is chewing and swallowing matzah. So the Shailas HaBenachacham, the question of the Benachacham is, what's the point of this mitzvah? Yes? Why are you answering me now? Huh? Mm-hmm. Why are you answering me? The whole night said the last night you were, you were feeling the memory now. We didn't answer this question yet. Yeah, but the, this question, we, we didn't answer this question we're asking, but we explained the concept of Eschem. Now I answer. <laughs> the concept of Eschem is to contrast you to the others. You to the obvious. That's what. <coughs> that's why he adds this extra word, in order to emphasize that is question. He It's not on the mitzvahs that the obvious performed. The mitzvahs that the obvious performed, the banachacham relates to, because the banachacham appreciates that this physical world, eating pizza, is not why we were created. Is that disappointing? I'm sorry. We weren't put onto this world to eat Chinese dinners. Not even. We weren't put onto this world for Gashmias. The Chacham appreciates that. The Chacham appreciates that we were put onto this world for Ruchnias. So therefore, when the Aves went and they made their lives Ruchni, they made their lives spiritual through connecting to godliness, spirituality in their lives. The Chacham appreciates that. He recognizes the point of that. But he has a question, ki im only. What is his question? You, after Matan Torah. 
He says, here, I don't understand. Where is their spirituality? In eating a piece of kogol on Shabbos. As I've said, I've told you many times, the Alter Rebbe said, that eating kogol on Shabbos is like blowing shafer in Rosh Hashanah. So they asked Alter Rebbe, they said, so how come we don't eat kogol on Rosh Hashanah instead of blow shafer? Good question. So the Alter Rebbe said, on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah, we don't blow shafer, we just eat kogol. Follow? Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> Mendel? Which part don't you follow? The last few sentences. The Alter Rebbe said that eating kugel on Shabbos is like blowing shafer and Rosh Hashanah. They asked the Alter Rebbe, so then let's eat kugel instead of blow shafer. The Alter Rebbe said on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah, that's what we do. On Shabbos Rosh Hashanah, we don't blow shafer, right? We just eat kugel. Comes the Ben Achacham and says, how through eating kugel are you mam shechatzmas? Blowing shafer and all of the kavana that you have in blowing shafer, I see. But how could you be mamshech atzmas? How can you draw down the essence of Hashem? Which is what blowing shafer is all about through eating kugel. That's a good question. And that's why he says, Eschem, you, your mitzvahs, I don't get, the Chacham says. Your mitzvahs, I don't understand. This business of eating matzah and connecting to the essence of Hashem, that I don't understand. Avel zeh hayamuvan but seemingly this isn't a sufficient answer to the question because if he wanted to contrast us to the obvious he should have said us not you you still separates him it still puts him outside of the cloud that's question number one and please remember these questions because as we go through the Maimer, we're going to be answering these questions again and again. Gam in question number two in Perik Beis. Gam we also have to understand This that it's that the Chacham says that he says What are the Edis, the Chukim and the Mishpatim? Now you already know that the Edis, Chukim and Mishpatim are three types of mitzvahs, right? Edes are mitzvahs which are testimony to Hashem's presence. Chukim are mitzvahs which are not understandable. Mishpatim are mitzvahs which are, yes, understandable. But if the Chacham's question is about the practical side of mitzvahs, then why is he asking about Edes, Chukim, and Mishpatim? The practical side of mitzvahs has nothing to do with Edis Chukim and Mishpatim. Edis Chukim and Mishpatim are all about your thought and your connection to the mitzvah when you're doing it. When you eat matzah, then it's a mitzvah which is Edis. When 
you help your friend. That's a mitzvah which is mishpatim. When you don't wear shatnis, when you do mitzvahs which are completely not understandable, then it's a mitzvah which is chukim. That's all about what you're thinking, how much you relate to and how much you connect to and how much you understand the mitzvah that you're doing. That's all connected to kavana, to intention. Why is the Chacham asking the Me'achar since Shashaylasa his question? He on the mitzvahs in general. He should have said, He should have said, What are these mitzvahs? In other words, he should have used a general term, not a term which is dividing mitzvahs exactly along the lines of what he does relate to. He relates to the Kavana of the mitzvahs. And he's asking about Eidus Chukum HaMishpatim, which is about the Kavan of the Mitzvahs. He should have used a general term, which just speaks about the practical performance of the Mitzvahs. V'lama Mefaret, why does he specify Eidus Chukum HaMishpatim? That's question number two. Question number three. Gam Tzarech Lahavim, we also have to understand. Shesha'elas Haben He Alkol Gimel HaSugim. What? What's the matter? I'm, I'm sorry, ubifrat, and especially. Explaining, I'm sorry, I skipped a part. Uh, explaining question number two, ubifrat, and especially, shachiluk, the hasugim, edis chukim, mishpatim, the difference between these types of mitzvahs, edis chukim, and mishpatim, he, it is, bekavanas ha mitzvahs, in the intention that you have when you do the mitzvah. The intention that you have when you do a mitzvah, which is a chayik paraduma, when you perform the mitzvah of paraduma, your intention is, this is just what Hashem told me to do, and I'm doing it just because Hashem told me to. Hashem decreed. The mitzvahs of edus and mishpatim, you have to perform them also with reason. In other words, when you eat matzah, there's a little bit of reason in eating matzah. And, of course, when you help your friend, there's a lot of reason in helping your friend. So each mitzvah has a different amount of logic, a different amount of connection, a different amount of gzeira, of just blind decree in it. The question, what are these edes? It's all about the action of the mitzvahs. So seemingly it doesn't make sense. Why does he specify edes chukum mishpatim as we explained? Okay? Then question number three. We also have to understand. The question of this ben hachacham is on all three types of mitzvahs. But if you read the psukim, as I'm sure you've done when you reviewed the mimer by night seder, please make sure to review the mimer so that you have the mimer clear. As we're going through it, you need to review it and go over it again and again. In the answer to the Ben Achachum, in the answer, we say in the Psukim, Vayitzaveinu Hashem Alekeinu Lase says, Kol Hachukim Ha'ela. Hashem commanded us to do all of these Chukim. All of the, why, why don't we say Eidus and Mishpatim? Why are we specifying only the Chukim? Mazker, Rak, Hachukim, over there we mention 
only the chukim. Finally, the fourth question, and we also have to understand the difference between these three types of mitzvahs are Shalom Ber, Shah Mitzvah Heim, Ha Mitzvah Shemachuyav, Mitzad Asechel. Mishpatim are mitzvahs which are logical, which are understood. Kamoi like Gazel, Gneva, Kibadavaim. Those are all logical mitzvahs, right? Eidus heim ha-mitzvah sheheim ois v'zikarin. Eidus are mitzvahs which are a ois, a sign, a zikarin, a remembrance, a special moment, a special um, uh, hint towards a occurrence that took place. K'may Shabbos. Hashem rested on the seventh day. Pesach, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Sukkah, Hashem took care of all of our needs for 40 years in the desert. Tfilin, Shibud Haleva Mayach, subjugating our minds and hearts to Hashem. Those are all an ice. And that's why we don't wear Tfilin on Shabbos. Because every day you need two ices, two signs. One sign you have, you have your Bismillah, that's an ice connection to Hashem. The other sign, so during the week you have tefillin, and on Shabbos you have Shabbos, you don't need tefillin. The mitzvahs, elu, these mitzvahs, hagam shah seichel mitzad atzma, even though seichel, logic itself, if the Torah had not commanded them, nobody would have told you to take black boxes and wrap them around your arm and your head. That's not logical. But nevertheless, it's our special thing that we do between us and Hashem. It's our ois. This is not like the mitzvahs of Mishpatim. Even if the Torah had not been given, we would have been able to learn the laws of tznias, of modesty, from a cat, which is a naturally modest animal even without having any mitzvahs, and stealing from an ant, ants never touch what their fellow ants have touched. It's a natural instinct not to steal, despite not having any mitzvah not to steal. So these are logical mitzvahs. Mikol makim, nevertheless, once the Torah does command us to do these Eidish, Shabbos, Pesach, Sukkah, and Tefillin, etc. Haseichel maskim lazeh. Logic agrees to it. It makes sense. You get it. We keep Shabbos. Shabbos is one of the most beautiful things in the home of a Jew. Imagine a Jewish home without Shabbos. Imagine, imagine a Jewish home where on Saturday we wash our cars. It just doesn't work. Shabbos is what makes a Jewish home into a Jewish home. So now it makes sense. It feels right. Shabbos is something which just feels right. It becomes part of our lives. And then there's chukim. Chukim, heima mitzvahs. 
Chukim are those mitzvahs like Shatnez or Paratuma, Shagam Laachre, Shatayrat Siv Salim, even after the Torah commanded them, Ain Lahem Makam Besechel, Vehem Rank Beder Chukachakak Tigzer Gazarti, they're only in a way of Chuk. Hashem said, that's why we have to do it. Why? Where? How? That's because Hashem said, that's it. There's no questions asked. But the order doesn't make sense then. Because if we're looking at this description of the mitzvahs, seemingly, there's a logical order from a below to above and from above to below. From below to above would be Mishpatim, Edis, and Chukim. From above to below would be Chukim, Edis, and Mishpatim. But the way that the Chacham organized this question was, how did he say? He said, Ma'a, Edis, then... But the order in the Pasuk, the way that the Chacham asks this question is, and this order doesn't seem to make any sense. How does it make sense? So, these four questions are going to bring us to a deeper perspective to a deeper way of looking at it, which will help us in the next step of the Mimer, the next way of understanding the Chacham's question. It's lessons for us, and we're going to continue that another several times throughout the course of the Mimer.